The following is a ray gun armed, faster than light presentation of galacticnetcasts.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of the Time Traveling Robots in Space podcast. For Tuesday, November 15th, 2011, this is the show where we talk time travel robots in space in science, fact, and fiction. From Wausau, Wisconsin, I am Dave Nelson, also known as the Inter-Dave. And from Glendale, Glen, Glendale, California, that there is Mr. Paul Swickard. How are you, Paul? I do well, sir. I am rocking out to the new intro. I like. I'm glad that you like. I spent uh, quite a bit of time on that. It shows. And it it's, shows. Well, it's it's nice to get. It's nice to be appreciated. It's nice to have all that hard work and time spent pay off on people liking it. Cool. Well, you know, I would comment in iTunes about how awesome it is, but I probably shouldn't do that. That's... I, I f- feel that might be misrepresenting myself. And, and it's kind of it's kind of bad form to be commenting on your own podcast too, I guess. <laughs> I disagree. I think that's there needs to be more of that because you know, <laughs> iTunes doesn't have enough of that. That's what I think. I'm sticking with that story. Yes. Like you want people that actually host podcasts to make comments about their own podcast. Is that what you're right. saying? And that's what I'm saying because not enough people do that. And they need to be honest with themselves. <laughs> and I can't say that without laughing. Yeah, uh, I, I should, probably shouldn't comment on our own podcast. Okay. Well, I mean, you can you can do it if you want. I'm not going to stop you, but um, I don't know what other other people will say about it. That's that's what I'm saying. Indeed, I, I would have a problem with that. If I were listening, I would be like, you know what? I would rather just not comment on it. <laughs> All right, let's just leave it at that and get going with this <laughs> damn podcast. Sector one. Time travel. All right, our favorite time lord may be heading to the big screen. You know who we're ta- you know who I'm talking about, Paul? Our favorite time lord. Yes. That could be taken any number of ways. So no, I don't know who you're talking about. Our favorite time lord and I and I think I know why you don't know this because you're not a really big fan of the show. It's Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Entertainment Weekly is reporting that Harry Potter director David Yates is partnering with the BBC to develop a feature film version of Doctor Who. Yates has yet to land a screenwriter for the film, which he says will stand apart from the TV series. There's also no cast and no production crew set yet. Since his story has first surfaced yesterday, people at the BBC have come out and said that they know nothing of this story. So... Not really sure who to believe, BBC or David Yates. Okay. All right. I but, like David Yates, actually. Like, I'm not a big fan of the Harry Potter series, but um, my wife took me to all of the uh, you know, movie openings. And of the actual films as movies go, I, I enjoyed his. I, I, liked the, I liked the ones he did. You know, I'm guessing that there's a little bit of truth in there somewhere. Even though the BBC may be saying that they have no idea what he's talking about, they may deny it. I think he, there's, there's got to be some nugget, some just morsel of truth in there somewhere. It's probably just not official yet. You know, they probably have to like sign some document or sign some contract to make it official, and that hasn't happened yet, so they can't admit to having it or some nonsense like that. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's in very early development, and to I'm sure they have to like deflect, you know. Yeah, yeah. Before you know, until they're ready to say this is what we're doing. Yeah, this is true, sir. All right, uh, time travel. What do you got for us, Paul? Dave, are you familiar with Family Guy? Yes, do you uh, watch it? I I don't watch it. You know my feelings on animation, but I'm familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I've seen parts of it. I think it's funny, but uh, go ahead. So last week's episode, the one on Sunday, took it kind of took time travel to the nth degree, and I I thoroughly appreciated it. Uh, essentially, they it's, uh, Stewie and Brian travel back in time to the pilot episode of the show, and in, <laughs> <laughs> that's so meta, man. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was pretty sweet. But the whole idea is is that it, the, it was a silly premise, of course. Brian was trying to find a tennis ball that he forgot that he, where he'd buried it, so he was trying to find out where. And, of course, the, the Stewie claims, don't change anything, don't do anything, because any, you know, the consequences could be dire. And sure enough, they changed something. Brian decided, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea to prevent 9-11? Everybody would like that, right? And so he does this. And let's we should say there are unforeseen consequences to said action. What were the so, can you say any of the consequences? Oh sure. Like okay, so he prevents 9/11 successfully. Uh Bush loses the election in 2004 <laughs> and because he because as a result, Bush decides to reform the uh Confederacy and launching the United States into civil war oh, no. and yeah, like 12 million people died. <laughs> oh no. See, it's the time. It's the time paradox. You don't mess with the time paradox. Totally. And then, so you know, they have to go back in time again to stop themselves, and then new versions of themselves pop in at that same moment until you have hundreds of Brian's and Stewie's all in the same place at the same time, all trying to stop each other. That is awesome. I yeah. I might have to go back and watch that. Yeah, it's on Hulu right now. I, I put a link right here. Okay. But uh, yeah, the the uh, hopefully it's available to non Hulu Plus members. But you can, uh, uh, it, it is there, and you can check out the link in the show notes at galacticnetcasts.com. Who's the guy that animates? Who's the producer of the show? What's his name? Oh yeah, um, Seth MacFarlane. He and, uh, he was on. Wait, wait, don't tell me this week. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was the. He had, was that's. He was the that's guest. In my podcasting queue. Yeah, you gotta check it out. I need to out. watch that still, or I need to listen to that still. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, another. Well, you know, you know his whole story with nine eleven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was he w- he missed the plane. He missed right. one of the planes, right? Yeah, he slept in. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and from what I hear, I'm, from what I hear, I'm glad he has a human relationship with it. From what I hear, he's he's very casual about it. Like it's like no big deal. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think that's an okay attitude to have. I would like to think that I would kind of have that as well. It's like, you know, it, that could happen any day, any day. So it's like, uh, why, why worry about it? It's just one of those things. I think you know? that would freak me out for a little bit. For Actually, yeah. I think it would freak me out for a, a, quite a long time, but I think I'd eventually get over it. Very cool. So that could be something... That could be turned into a time travel story. You know, sure. what, what would happen if Seth MacFarlane actually got on that plane and, <laughs> and family, guy family, never, guy never family Guy was never invented? That would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what would the world be like then? 
I I don't know. See, it's hard to tell. I, I, I honestly, I'd imagine it wouldn't be much different, but you never know. That's mm-hmm. the thing. You never know. You have no idea what's going to happen. Yep. And I don't think people should mess with the uh, with with time and uh, change trying to change things like uh, like Stewie did. Yeah. Eh. All right. Are you ready for the next sector? We should do the next sector. All right. Here we go. Sector two. Robots. Director Roland Emmerich, you know him. Um, he's been asked by Sony Pictures to do some more work on the screenplay for his sci-fi epic Singularity before they spend any more money on the project. Emmerich has retained the services of futurist and author Ray Kurzweil, the guy who came up with the concept of the technological singularity, which we have talked about on this show. Um, <laughs> according, to a, uh, according to Variety, the film is set 50 years in the future and follows a famous nanotechnology pioneer who uses a new procedure to save his badly injured son, Adam, uh, whose consciousness is transferred into a swarm of nanobots that take his physical form, he ends up on the run from an evil corporation that developed the technology in the first place. So Sony Pictures asked uh, Mr. Emmerich to kind of go back to the drawing board on this. Is that good news or bad news? Uh, in a way, you know what, in the end, it's probably good news. It's probably good news because, you, you know, it's better that than them having to go back to uh, you know, a film to do like reshoots or something like that. I'd rather them catch the bad stuff early, assuming that it is bad. You know, the studios aren't always right. But uh, yeah, Roland Emmerich is kind of like, it, you know, his movies are fine. They're fun, but they're not, they're, you know, they're kind of like, I don't, I don't know how to say it. They're very, they're always, they're always sort of like the disaster type flick. Yeah. You know? Like he's done Independence Day, Godzilla, yeah, Eight-Legged Freaks, The Day After Tomorrow, 10,000 BC, 2012. Like it's all just, all just that kind of crazy apocalyptic type stuff. But he has so, done yeah. some of the biggest blockbusters in film history too. You have to remember That's that. True. That is true. And without and that's probably and, what the studios care about more. And without Sony intervening, he may not have, uh, you know asked for help from uh, Ray Kurzweil, the guy who came up with the whole concept of the singularity in the first place. Going back to the source material is always a good move. Yeah. I mean, well, I can't say that. Not always. In most cases, it's a good move. So it'd be interesting, are, it'd be interesting to sit in a room with those two guys, Ray Kurzweil and Roland Emmerich, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear the conversation. I'd love to... I have this vision of, like, Kurzweil just going, you know, Emmerich, you're you just don't get this at all. <laughs> and Emmerich's like, dude, I make I made Independence Day, back off, and then just like break into a fist fight or something. No, no, Roland Emmerich would be like, what if we do this and we make this explode and we make this this the aliens <laughs> come in and there's explosions everywhere and Ray Kurzweil's like, no, <laughs> no, no, couldn't no, happen, that, wouldn't right. happen, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> All right, we shall see. Uh, either way, I'm excited about this movie still. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. All right, so uh, on to you. What do you got? Oh, Dave, there is a utopian society out there, and <laughs> it's Google. I knew it! Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, so I love the preface to this particular article. It's 
there's a top secret lab in an undisclosed location in the Bay Area where robots run free and the future is being imagined. Ooh. <laughs> I, I love the picture that they paint here. It's a place where your refrigerator could be connected to the Internet. <laughs> it could order your groceries when you run low. Your dinner plate could post to a social network when you're eating. <laughs> Your robot could go to the office while you stay at home in your pajamas, and you could perhaps take an elevator to outer space. All Uh, all very, very exciting stuff. Indeed. And I thought they were being, in the opening, I thought they were being hyperbolic. No. They, like, there is actual plans for all this stuff. It's pretty much a place where engineers can go crazy, like not have to think about, you know, profit sharing or you know, whether this thing will actually be cost effective or anything like that. It's essentially a place where they just try to explore how crazy their ideas can be. It's it, it some of the stuff here is just unbelievable. Like a space elevator there were there. And I've heard about this thing before. It's literally a thing that could take the idea is that it could take you to space without ever being in a rocket. And I, I have no idea how it works, but they're trying to conceptualize it. Well, okay, it's, okay. It, it's it, insane. It's the top part is connected to a satellite, and the bottom part is connected to the Earth, and somehow mm-hmm. that works. I don't, I don't Great. know. <laughs> I have no idea how it works. <laughs> I guess, but Google's working on it. Yeah, they all they have uh, all kinds of stuff in here, and to the uh, to the point of our particular sector. Robots, they actually point out, are the figure prominently in many ideas. Currently, the frontrunner in robotics technology is the idea that you, being in your home, could send a robot to a meeting or to any number of meetings and act as you, right? So you can be at the meeting without actually being at the meeting. Okay, wait a second. What was that Bruce, Willett, Bruce Willis film that came out a couple of years ago? Where, uh, where they were oh, all surrogate. Yeah, surrogate. It sounds like surrogate. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, like, it, it's really impressive. Some of the things that they're working on, like in again, this has nothing to do with practicality. It's just them trying to figure out what works. Like well, they're okay. having artificial intelligence scrub the internet to try to figure out what be- what best suits people for search al- algorithms. Google has more money than God, and they can do with it whatever they want. If they want to hire a bunch of pie-in-the-sky, dreaming scientists to work on future stuff, I am completely fine with that. This place, just so you all know, is called Google X. That is cool. Could it sound more monotonous? I know. Well, that, I mean, that goes back, that's, that's got a long and storied tradition, the whole X thing. It goes back yeah. to like the, the 1940s, 1950s with experimental aircraft with the Air Force and other parts of the military. And then um, SpaceX, there's also SpaceX, the company. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, just, they're just going, they're just hopping on uh, what is tradition so far, or, you know, what's already tradition. Well, good for them. I'm glad this place exists. I'm yeah. glad somebody is doing it. Would love to be a fly in the wall in that place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, I got an additional story in the robot sector today. Oh, rock on. And this just came in uh, earlier today. According to TV Guide, NBC on Monday ordered the futuristic pilot 
Beautiful People, described as a what-if drama set in the future. From executive producer Michael McDonald, not the singer. <laughs> I know that, that you're sad hearing that news. Paul, I'm shattered. Uh, Paul McDonald, the show focuses on families of mechanical people that exist to serve the human population, except the robots begin to awaken. <laughs> the the oh, robots no. start to have consciousness and to have self-realization, Paul. No, good for them. They, you know, that's what's going to happen. Might as well prepare. When, when the robot apocalypse comes. Exactly right. Uh, I mean, yeah. McDonald, who appeared on Mad TV, I did not know that. Um, he was also a consulting producer on Scrubs and directed episodes of Cougar Town. ABC Studios and Universal TV are producing what's being touted as low-tech high drama. Huh. Interesting. Given this guy's pedigree, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> Not necessarily in a good way, but I'm curious. Well, okay. Let's, let's take a look at his credits, all right? Um, Cougar Town, Bomb, (laughs) Scrubs, Critical Success. Sure. And he he Uh, was on Mad TV, so you know he's got a a sense of humor. All right. All right. I I, I can deal. So it's not all all bad. Yeah. And I didn't mean to suggest that it was. It's just kind of like, it's just kind of hit or miss. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, it's very... It's kind of all over the place. I was talking to somebody on Google Plus earlier. I had I had posted this story as part of the or on the uh, Galactic Netcasts page on Google Plus, and uh, he commented, said that, uh, and three episodes later, the show's canceled. And we're just going back and forth, going, yeah, that's how it's done sometimes. But hopefully, but hopefully, you know, this show lasts long enough. I mean, Terra Nova has lasted, so yeah, uh, we'll see how this show goes. I mean, it's not even produced yet so it's got to survive that process yet so uh mm-hmm. as soon as it airs we'll see how how long it goes just in lo- enjoy it while it lasts i guess mm-hmm. we'll see all right Space. all right according to the hollywood reporter sci-fi another tv show in the news sci-fi is returning to space with a new show being developed by Robert H. Wolf in conjunction with Universal Cable Productions. Very little is known about this project besides that it will be a space opera set during a post-war era on the starship Defender. Its crew is a mix of humans and, non, er, and transhumans who are brought together by the newly formed Unity Democracy with the mission to find lost worlds requiring law and order. Robert Wolf, who will write as well as executive produce the show, he's currently co-producer, or no, excuse me, he's currently co-executive producer and writer for the sci-fi series Alphas, which is an awesome show, by the way. Uh, But he's also worked on the 4400, Deep Space Nine, and was the showrunner for Andromeda. So sci-fi going back to space. I'm very, very excited about this. That sounds a lot of fun. I like that. That that works for me. It's about time they get back in space. It's it's about time that uh, TV gets a new space drama or or space opera. It's been too long, man. You know, they need Star Trek. That's what they really need. That's what makes me happy. 
Well, going, getting... going yeah, going back to our uh, the story that you had on the Family Guy, Seth MacFarlane is rumored to be working on a live action Star Trek TV show. Good for him. You can tell that I mean he does a lot of referential humor, of course, and to Star Trek specifically. And I think it's kind of like that same relationship that uh, the South Park people have with musicals. They make fun of it because they love it. Yeah. And that's and I have high hopes for that. I think that would I think that would be awesome. I think that he would bring a unique perspective to that universe, to the Star Trek universe. Sure. Sure. I'd watch. I'd absolutely watch. And this show sounds interesting too. So it's 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 on a starship, so it's kind of like Star Trek, and mm-hmm. it's the crew is a mix of humans and transhumans, whatever transhumans are. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Yeah, it could be a hybrid between other species. It could be a hybrid with like is it like cyborgs or yeah. I don't know. Huh. And then the whole thing about going to worlds requiring law and order. So it kind of mm-hmm. sounds like. It could be sort of a Western like um, Firefly, sort of. I would love that. Yeah. I love that. I still love that whole idea. The idea of it being just kind of like a lawless territory, mm-hmm. the whole like Firefly was. I, I think that would be amazing. But it'd be interesting to do a show like that, but from the other side, because it mm-hmm. would be from the side of the people in charge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think either side would be a, a great to follow. Well, we'll see where this goes. It's still in development. So, uh, like we said with the other show, we'll, we'll see if it gets, <laughs> gets on the air. That's the first step. Yeah, they, it's a very long process. So, do you want to go to space, Paul? I would love to go to space. And how and could would you, you do... like to know how to do that? I would love to know how to do that. NASA is accepting applications right now. Yay! <laughs> Uh, the incoming class of candidates will begin training in 2013 and ultimately, this is a quote, pioneer a new generation of commercial launch vehicles. So, yeah, that that's exciting. Um, and, I mean, they're asking for all kinds of people, rocket scientists. I mean, that's kind of the typical one, you know, like, hey, you need to be a rocket scientist. Yeah, obviously. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you also have... You can also have degrees in, they have degrees in engineering, science, math, all the kind of stuff that you might expect. And uh, yeah, um, the one qualification here is, I don't know how many, you know, I would imagine they are accepting all applications, at least that's what you're led to believe here. But you, there are only room, in terms of new astronauts, there's only room between 8 to 12 people. Hmm. Last year, this is what they said, last year they chose nine. <laughs> so yeah, be one of the lucky few. <laughs> That's some uh, some high standards there to to be. Because yeah. can you can you imagine the thousands of people applying to be an astronaut, and they have to whittle that down to n- eight or nine people? That yeah, that, that that there are high standards. Like there's a reason we have. We, there's a reason people say it's not rocket science. It is the judge by which everything else is like, it's the judge by which intelligence is gauged. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Uh, And one other important note here, and I thought this was interesting. You have to know, like, beyond the extra vehicular activity, that is being able to drive those, you know, those those, uh, machines in space, robotics and flight training, you also 
need training in Russian. Well, that makes sense because we have, a, you know, a pretty tight mm -hmm. relationship with the Russians in space, you know, with, with them being on the International Space Station, too. For sure. Yeah. Uh, they, they said here that the English is supposed to be the agreed-upon language in space. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, they have too much, as you say, there's too much close collaboration between the Russian space, space agency. So it makes a lot of sense for them to have training in Russian. I saw another story today. I didn't read the the whole thing. Just saw the headline that NASA will be returning to space in 2014. Oh, and, okay. And I'm guessing that's, that's when they're they're. I don't, I forget the 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 program that they're working on, but that that's supposedly when that'll be ready to go into space. All right. All right. Very cool. And we can't forget and, about uh, and we can't forget about SpaceX either. They're they're ready to put some a manned uh, mission into space too. So. I can't wait. And we will be there, folks. Yes. Oh, and one other thing. Um, job listings here are pay between 64000 and $141,000 per year. So there you go. If that's wow. in your pay grade, That's apply. awesome. I'm, I'm signing up, man. <laughs> I won't make it, but I'll sign up. Good luck to you, sir. All right. So, Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't yeah. that be an amazing story to follow man. Dave Nelson's progress yeah. through. <laughs> I'm afraid that's not going to happen, though. I'm, I'm not physically or mentally tough enough to be in space. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a rocket scientist. Uh, understood. I'm not even Agreed. close to being a rocket scientist. Neither am I. All right, so uh, what I do know is what I like, and let's move into the section where we talk about what we like. This is recommendations. And my recommendation is based on a story that we had last week, and in particular, the November 9th episode of Nova, The Fabric of the Cosmos, Hour 2, The Illusion of Time. And here's the official episode description. Time, we taste it, save it, kill it, make it. The world runs on it. Yet, ask physicists what time is actually, and... The answer might shock you. They have no idea. Even more surprising, the deep sense we have of time passing from present to past may be nothing more than illusion. In search of answers, Brian Greene takes us on the ultimate time-traveling adventure, hurtling 50 years into the future before stepping into a wormhole to travel back to the past. Along the way, he will reveal a new way of thinking about time in which moments past, present, and future from the reign of T-Rex to the birth of the great of uh, your great-great-grandchildren exist all at once, this journey will bring us all the way back to the Big Bang, where physicists think the ultimate secret of time may be hidden. And uh, one of the cool things I got out of this episode was how he explained how when someone is standing, uh, is standing still, time seems to, seems to move faster um, for those in the moment. Uh, Brian also talked about how they put an atomic clock on a plane that went around the world nonstop, and when it landed, uh, it was slower than the clocks on the ground. So um, if you're doing right. some deep space traveling, uh, <laughs> it may be a totally different time when you get back to Earth after you're back from your trip into space. That sounds cool. But I highly recommend the show, and uh, you can watch it you can actually stream the episodes on the uh, PBS website. That's awesome. Yeah. I should check that out. So, you know what I like. What's your recommendation? 
FSL tonight. Yes. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have, but explain to the fine folks. Yeah, this is a fantasy sports league, and this is a brand new show, a brand new podcast from the lovable Justin Robert Young and Tom Merritt. And uh, I've caught the first, uh, I think they're up to episode three at the moment, and I've caught up, and uh, so far I'm digging it. I really like it. The whole idea is is that you are, it is a, a fantasyful sports league where you have different teams that represent different uh, sort of, you know, pop culture type uh, genres. Like you have the Serenity Valley Fireflies from the Serenity show. You have the Vulcan Velocity, obviously from Star Trek. You have the Alderaan Rebels from Star Wars. And uh, yeah, essentially all these teams are are you know playing each other in a sports league in an undetermined sport whatever the heck that is and you have essentially they're doing highlight coverage they're doing things like you know all of the drama that happens off the field and it's i'm I'm very entertained so far i like it what's awesome about this podcast is they explain all the action you know the games the Mm -hmm. matches whatever they're called you know everything that happened during them but they don't explain the details of the game because there's no real game. It's just right. Like, there is no game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's it's like a non-sports sports league kind of. Yep, you got it. And, and, uh, and I, for, I, I'm really impressed. And I, for I like the and for though for those uh, uh, unaware of who Justin Robert Young and Tom Merritt are, Justin Robert Young is from uh, the NSFW show. He is from um, Weird Things podcast. He also appears on Scott Johnson's morning stream on Thursday. And, of course, Tom Merritt is from uh, Tech News Today on the Twit Network. Both great people, both great podcasters, and they are both writing it. And so far, I'm really enjoying it. What's interesting is they did all the episodes all at once. They, they wrote them all. Um, so it's not really real games. But then they're taking, like, a feedback on their on their forums uh, on their website, and they're going to use that information when they because they haven't done they haven't recorded the the playoffs yet, so <laughs> they're going to use what people have said and kind of incorporate that into the playoffs the the playoff editions of the podcast. That sounds great. I, I'm I mean the community they they seem to do pretty well when it comes to like sifting through what the community says and giving them feedback and stuff like that and. Uh, they're good at incorporating that kind of stuff. Yep. So uh, I, I, I agree with your recommendation. I, I thoroughly enjoy FSL, FSL tonight as well. Subscribe now. Yes. All right. So that leaves us with the question of the week, Paul. Are you ready? You hit me. All right. I hope you enjoy this one. Which sci-fi universe would you like to live in if you could and why? I'm talking like Star Trek, Star Wars, um, Babylon 5, maybe, um, what's a good time travel story? Um, Quantum Leap, maybe in the Quantum Leap universe. So which sci-fi universe would you like to live in and why, Paul? You know, I thought long and hard about this. You have your classics, you have the Star Wars, you have your Star Trek, you have all of those. And... I got to go. I thought about it, and I have to go with Galaxy Quest. I love that universe. That universe has to exist, and I want to <laughs> be there. 
I want the universe where these people decide to base their entire like society on a television show and they just go and do it. I want this to happen because I want to be a part of it. How tell me how I can do this? So yeah, for for those un, unfamiliar with with the movie, explain the story a little bit more. Sure, it's a parody of Star Trek. Basically, you have this group of characters who have been a part of this, you know, very successful science fiction uh, television show, and they haven't been on the air for years. But you still have a rabid fan base, and so essentially, what happens is uh, aliens come from outer space thinking that those television shows are real and approaching the actors as though they were those the characters that they played and taking them up into space and having them you know try to do try to solve this this you know universal universe how do you say this this global and universal problem <laughs> that is so awesome and yeah i i laughed I still remember going to the theater and watching this, and I left. I left very hard that day. My my favorite character on that movie is Guy. Um, <laughs> the the actor who was like in one episode of the show, mm-hmm. and he didn't even have a name in the show. Oh. <laughs> but isn't his is his real name Guy, or is it just they got that because he was just a guy on the show? That's a good question. I think, I think his real, I think the actors, like the actor that he was playing, okay. his name is Guy. All right. I think that's where that came from. <laughs> but just, yeah, he has no name on the show. That's, that's awesome. absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he, how, made, he he made a comment about how um, people like him always are the first to die, uh, alluding to the red shirts on Star Trek, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And yet you have some great actors in there, too. You have Alan Rickman playing the you know, Spock-like character. You have Tim Allen playing the captain. You have Sigourney Weaver playing, I don't know how to put it, just the generic woman on yep. Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great show, or great, great film. All right, so you took a, a, a movie that was, that was inspired by Star Trek. I'm going to take mm-hmm. Star Trek itself. Okay, I Be- respect that. Because... It was the first science fiction that I was ever exposed to growing up was Star Trek. Used to watch the original series in reruns on Sunday afternoons, during lunch, after church, every week. And it really inspired me to, to kind of be the person I am. So, you know, Spock, Kirk, McCoy, Scotty, Sulu, Chekhov, the whole gang, they were pretty much there when I was growing up. And then... Um, I continued on with the movies, and then when Star Trek The Next Generation came on, I watched that, and then every single show after that, and then up until the 2009 movie. So I'm going to say I would love to live in a world that we can board starships and go to Warp 9. Well, sometimes go to Warp 9. It's kind of only in emergencies. Um, but, you know, go to, go to warp, warp speeds and travel the galaxy, you know, and fight with phasers and have universal translators and be able to talk to any any species any species in the galaxy and and just just live in that universe you know and just see the fantastical things that they see in Star Trek so I'm gonna say Star Trek is the universe that I would like to live in if I could. I that's awesome, dude. So uh, can I assume that you would in fact join the Federation? I would join the Federation. I don't know if they would take me, but I would apply. <laughs> 
Okay. Just like being an astronaut, I don't know if I'm qualified, but I would apply anyways. And even if I couldn't be in Starfleet, I would I would get on a freighter. You know, I would get get out there in space. That's awesome. And maybe you know, if I'm on that freighter, you know, we take shore leave at a starbase, and I could you know (laughs) go to the bar and just kind of hang out with all the Starfleet guys, and be like, I wish I was a Starfleet guy. And hit, hit hit on the the yeoman, the I mean not the yeoman, the 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 female the female crew members on a starship. That's what yeah, I, I, that's cool. I just leave it. That that was a good saying. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just cut it off there. All right, all right. So uh, if if you want to pipe in on this and tell us which sci-fi universe you would like to live in and why, uh, you can do that by leaving a comment on this episode page at galacticnetcast.com. This is episode number 12 of the uh, Time Traveling Robots in Space. And I have to say, Paul, we Mm. had a bunch of people jump on our show on the uh, Stitcher app. I I couldn't believe how many people listened. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yes, I could believe how many people (laughs) listened to our show via Stitcher, but I was pleasantly surprised by the large number I saw. I was too. Welcome all. It is yes. very exciting. And uh, you, of course, can uh, download Stitcher. It's basically, if you're not familiar with Stitcher, Stitcher is it's an app that you can get on your, your iPhone, your WebOS phone, your Android phone, your Windows phone, your BlackBerry, where you can stream podcasts without downloading them, without taking up space on your device, and they just stream directly to your phone or whatever you're going to listen to it on. And it's just a different way, I think a better way, to get podcasts. And we are available on the Stitcher Smart Radio app. So go ahead to your app store and download that sucker and add us right away. We should be the first one. <laughs> uh, it's, again, very exciting. Go Stitcher. I'm happy they are, uh, help, I'm happy they are uh, supporting us on this yep. one. And uh, you can either search for Galactic Netcasts or the actual show itself, the time traveling robots in space. And how else can people get our show, Paul? You can leave us feedback by emailing galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. Or, of course, if you want to, you know, <laughs> brag about your sultry voice, you can <laughs> voicemail us at 805 328 3966. You know, I would love to get some voicemails on this, this topic of what science fiction universe that you w- would want to live in. Some real passionate people, you know, maybe some Babylon sure. 5 people, some Star Wars people, you know, maybe have, a, have a, a voicemail battle on which universe is the best universe to live in. You know what I mean? I would love that. Totally. I would love that. So, I think that uh, people have, I think, I mean, people do. They have strong opinions about this stuff. Oh, definitely, yeah. So that number again is 805-328-3966. You can also find us on Twitter at Galactic Netcast. We're also on Facebook and Google+. We have a page and we have a regular account on Google+. I'd prefer that you put the page in the circle. Trying to um, weed people off the other account. Okay. Because, you know, when Google Plus first started up, we couldn't ha- there was no such thing as brand pages, so we created right. an account, but then Google Plus introduced the brand pages, and we started one of those, so just kind of trying to wean people off the other page right now. Okay. Well, good deal. 
All right, that's going to do it for us, Paul. It's been another fun-filled episode of, of uh, you know, time travel, robots, and space. This has been a presentation of Galactic Netcasts. To subscribe to this and our other podcasts, go to galacticnetcasts.com.